0: Marcus, how you doing? I'm doing alright now Do you like movies? Yes I do This is the, this is the Zebras in America podcast I'm Scott Thuro. I'm Marcus Pinn How was your week?
1: It was good uh, saw, saw Get Out Spent some time with my family But uh, most importantly I saw Get Out with my white fiance And we had a lot of fun uh, doing that Tell me about that experience it was fun. I mean, we're going on six years of being together, um, so sometimes our hum- – mostly it's me. I I, I have – you know, we'll, I'll make interracial jokes about us, and she's used to that at this point. So it's kind of like – and where my fiance's head is at, like she's on the level. She's on – for what it's worth, she's from uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, which for those that don't know, there's a like – there's a lot of interracial relationships in Cambridge It's not like a thing But at the same time it is Like there's It's just like It's, it's kind of a joke Amongst people from Cambridge um,
0: At this early and, in the podcast game
1: mm-hmm.
0: Probably everyone who's listening to this podcast Does not know Does know But for those that don't You're a black man
1: Yes I am I'm a, I'm a large black man
0: at that Your fiance Is white I am a white man mm-hmm. Jewish white man I guess If that's important Mm-hmm my and my fiance is white mm-hmm. just in case people want to know these things yeah Hi, are we? Are you guys like high school sweethearts
1: no no we yeah us oh us both being we're from different parts of massachusetts we met here we met in the city like she okay you know, no, no no yeah no, no 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 we're not high schools as a matter of fact there's a bit of an age difference uh so when she was graduating, there was a period in t- She was graduating high school. I was going into the seventh grade. So I will just leave it at that. And that's another thing I like to say to her to really mess with her because that really messes her head up sometimes.
0: Oh, man. There's, like... there. That makes me think of, like...
1: Oh, well here's the number one thing. I like to say there was a two-month period in time where you were 18 and I was 11. And that really just... She'll <laughs> get up and leave the room or she'll cover her ears or something like that.
0: Do so. you ever, like... uh? Make her watch that movie with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and um, what what's what's that British actress Helen? Oh
1: oh my God! Uh, Shadow boxer. Yeah, Lee the Lee Daniels' directorial debut actually.
0: His best movie.
1: Yes, yes. I was gonna say only, but there's elements of Paperboy that that I like. At the end of the day, I give Paperboy a passing grade. I, I I really do. I think that that Shadow Puppets, you said it was called? Boxer. Shadow Boxer. That movie was
0: so bad, it was wonderful. Yeah, kind of. It has obviously some... I didn't ever need to see Stephen Dorff's penis. Yeah. I also really, no offense, Stephen Dorff, never needed to see another Stephen Dorff movie.
1: Oh, I like Stephen Dorff.
0: Me too. I just feel like being an asshole. It's Sunday. You ever feel like being an asshole, Marcus? Absolutely. So let's go back to this. Get Out. Yes. What, what, so you went to see it with your interracial relationship. Yes. What kind of movie theater did you go see it at? We went to go see it at the Nighthawk. And for the one listener that doesn't know what that is.
1: It's a newish theater that opened up in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which for those that don't know, Williamsburg is the, I'm kind of tired of this term, but it's also true. It's kind of the hipstery part of Brooklyn. And Night, Nighthawk is kind of a hipsterish theater. As far as I go there quite a bit, especially these days, and I I know what I see and my eyes don't lie. Um, I heard quite a few pretentious movie conversations while waiting in line to go see it, too. Um, But yeah, but also the Nighthawk is cool because it's a theater where you can go and eat food in these nice, well, nice with air quotes, chairs while you watch the movie. They have a lot of really cool events. Also, by the time... This should be out at some point. Uh, I'm going to be doing a show at Nighthawk. Um, uh, it, it's a regular, it's a monthly annual show uh, called Kevin Geeks Out, and each month it's a different movie theme. This movie theme is it's on monkeys in movies. So naturally, uh, I'm going to be talking about Uncle Boone Me as it deals with monkey people and kidney disease, which is something I. Went through myself and other members of my family did also, so that's going to be fun to to talk about that. So members of my
0: family too. We are kidney brothers. We we very much are. We are kidney brothers. Um, I do want to say that if you want to also experience movies in those really nice seats, but without hamburgers, the Kent Theater on Kent Avenue and Coney Island Avenue is a great is a great uh, place to go see uh certain movies you're not gonna see any art films there but still you know if you if if you you know when you remember when the movie How High came out?
1: Yeah.
0: You, like back in the day there were theaters where you went and there were just people smoking blunts at the at the yeah. movies with blunts. That's the kind of theater it is. I love it. It's wonderful. I love I love the dirtbag
1: things. I hear stories of uh Jazzy J uh, of so Sonic Force, uh, there's this theater in the Bronx, and he used to tell me all kinds of uh, derelict stuff he witnessed uh, in the movie theaters. And this is even further back; we're talking, you know, late. You know, we're talking seventies and eighties too. But so,
0: so many yeah. different eras. Yeah. So, uh, what did what did you think of the film?
1: I liked it o- overall. Like, it's the, it's something I would even see again. Um, I, I I like to also I also like that it's getting great reviews. Most people seem to like it. The only, I have a couple of minor issues with it, and I just think ultimately the praise of it. Like, I think people, when you really like something, that you're just automatically obliged to only say that, oh, I liked it, I liked it, and just gush over it. And there can still be problematic things with a movie that you love. Let's yes. go back to the last episode we recorded. We talked about Post Tenebris Lux. There's a lot of potential. That movie is not perfect, no. but it's amazing. And almost similar You know, similar with Get Out It's a really good movie Contender of my two
0: favorite movies of the past 17 years
1: Wow Yeah, again, that that makes me very happy I I just think also like I I just think any movie about race Is not going to be perfect Even if it's told from the side of, of a black person Who Jordan Peele Jordan Peele's half black And the protagonist in the film is black It's a film that is about, you know racism It's just hidden within a horror comedy film, but it just touches on a lot of stuff. In my opinion, mostly it's about the American black man's fear of of, of certain things. And that's highlighted by the opening scene. Um, But I just think that it's okay to talk about, like, there are some problematic things. Like, for example, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there are certain minor scenes in the movie that would almost validate the kind of stereotype that black men... Are easily attracted to white women just because they're white and cute, and naturally I take kind of you know I'm I'm a little more sensitive towards that because the love of my life is white. But I fell in love with her not because of her skin. I mean she you know, but because she's beautiful and all these other things. I, I think that. But it wasn't like oh she's white I'm gonna I'm automatically attracted to her. And there's certain things like there's this spoiler alert one two three the scene towards the end when she is looking up new black guys to, you know, kind of, you know, go after Mm -hmm. that almost implies like, it's just going to be easy for her. Like I'm, I'm a cute white woman. So I can just, you know, go after like a professional athlete. You know what I mean? Or, um, what's the other scene that, that, uh, Oh, when he, when he finds her shoebox with the pictures of other black people Mm-hmm. of other black relationships. It's almost like, oh, like it it was just so easy for her to get black people to black men to fall in love with her. And that to me just plays off of that this existing stereotype. And it's true on some level there's plenty of black men who only like white women because they're white, but it's also but that's not that's not always the case and I'm I'm living example of that. So I also I'm not a fan of Caleb Landry Jones. Uh he plays for those that don't know who it is. He plays the brother Oh, I was going. He's a when, little when, annoying. When, when He's gave, a little annoying.
0: When you gave me a chance to give my opinions, mm-hmm. I was yep. going to say that my biggest issue was that performance. It was, Good. It I'm, was, I'm not alone on no, that. No, and and my, our our mutual friend, my very close friend and talented director Shaka King, we talked last yesterday about this movie for like three hours because we were so excited about how much we liked it and we're just talking. And I was like, the only thing I really didn't care for was that dude, and he was like me too. So I think that dude overacted. I thought,
1: have you seen him in other stuff? No. He's always that guy. He's in this movie called Antiviral, which is the directorial debut of David Cronenberg's son, Brandon Cronenberg. He's the star of that. Um, what else is he in that like he just overdoes it? Um, the, oh, what's the vampire movie? It came out in two thousand twelve. It was directed by Neil Jordan. Um, something. But he he's always this like. Uh, tortured, intense, weird uh, Like it's just really It just kind of overdoes it It's really
0: annoying It didn't do it for me yeah. I thought Not to Dismiss What you're saying about The shoebox scene And I guess if you're listening to this You've watched the movie So if you haven't
1: five, one, Yeah three,
0: two, one. There's a scene where he The, the protagonist who is has performed one of the most amazing performances This dude Like What he didn't say It was his eyes Were just like Dude's fucking amazing When I saw him in Black Mirror He was in an episode of that I texted Shaka two years ago I said This actor's going places This dude's amazing Shaka was like Yeah he was good I didn't really like that episode He was like Yesterday he was like You were right I'm right
1: like Not that often S- but. He's the partner in Sicario For those also You know
0: Fantastic And he finds the box and he sees that he is not the first person of color that had dated this actress. Um, and it, it leads you to believe for a second that this actress played by Allison Williams amazingly, uh, has also been hypnotized by evil Catherine Keener, uh, like her performance of like this Gorbals level sociopath doctor was fantastic. The thing about the well, thing is, fantastic. she's fantastic. Uh, I've have, have have had a crush on her for a long time mm. and her talents, of course. Um, so the thing about this is that these people don't think they're bad people. They're, they think they're like, Scientists yeah. They're
1: They're Advancing You know The human race or Human just race One
0: One eugenics Tale At a time So they So what they're So the, the The evil of them Is that they're on some Gerbil shit Where it's just like We're just doing This sort of thing And When you realize That she wasn't being hypnotized That she's part of this family That's Trying to do this sort of thing And You know I I I figured that she was also able to allure some of these men through her mom's hypnotism.
1: I, wow! Well, I didn't think that. I just once that scene happened, it was like, okay, she's in on it. You, you know, I didn't I mean?
0: know. I thought she was hypnotized. Right away, it here, wasn't. I thought she couldn't find the keys because she thought she because she was being hypnotized. No, and I then, and then the gig was up.
1: And and here's the problem with that because. And this this, this criticism, I, that, that's, this is a perfect lead-in, this criticism I have has nothing to do with the direction or the movie. It's more on the promotional side. I thought the trailer gave away too much. Because in the trailer, which is, this is a movie I was anticipating for a while, I watched the trailer a lot. And even if you see it once, there's a moment in the trailer where it shows uh, the girlfriend like shooting a gun and she's dressed up in this outfit. And it just I'm like, ah, that looks a little... No, that could have been a scene where, oh, she's saving him, but... It just looked And then also There were too many articles Like th- I guess there must have been Like midnight screenings So on Friday morning There were a lot of posts Where it's just like See you can't trust white women Kind of you know uh, Post and that right there Just it, You know like Say, say no more that, that that gives away enough
0: I, I avoid it I do my best To not watch trailers
1: sure. I'm, I'm a trailer ju- See I'm the opposite I'm a trailer junkie um, Unfortunately
0: Because Like if someone tells me Oh the dude, one of the dudes from Key and Peele is making a, a a thriller about racism. I'm like, I'm going Say to no see more. This. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna Say watch no it. So I tried to watch the thriller because m 2 May, our friend m 2 May Gant, filmmaker, talented rapper dude, him and Shaka sent it to me, and I watched it, and I was like, I'm gonna watch it. So, so I I didn't see the foreshadowing. Um, so, so there was that, and what I thought was done so well was. It was just funny enough. It was just scary enough. It was very fucking funny. And um, when when the father says, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could, I believe him. And that's the fucked up shit about when people think that their evil things are okay is because they didn't think they were racist, awful human beings. Yeah. They probably really liked Barack Obama and didn't, would never want to be racist I just thought it was a dope movie the uh every I went to see this I I have a feeling you and I had different experiences because I try to see all horror movies at the court Street 12 which is uh a like 13 floor Cineplex oh the
1: court Street Ah, uh, I go there to see movies well, I guess Get Out would have been a fun time. Sometimes I just don't want to hear all the talking. Sometimes it's a according- movie. It-, it can be like the movie theater in in in, in The Last Dragon, honestly. Sometimes yeah, it- it's it's a movie.
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's a theater I go to where I, when I want the reactions of the people watching the movie to mm-hmm. be part of the experience, especially because, as I said in the last episode, I suffer from anxiety disorder. So the yelling and the screaming and the the people behind me figuring out the plot twist before me calms down some of my fear.
1: Yeah.
0: I can imagine. And I texted you like, I hope it's not weird for you guys after, because I think that if I were me and Chuck were talking about this, if I was in a, a, an interracial relationship at that movie theater, walking out of that movie, it would have been hella weird.
1: Well, I think like, I guess if you're in an interracial relationship and you're still new and you're finding stuff out, yeah, don't go see that movie. No, but I, it, it, I've been with my fiancé, lady, whatever term you want to use, for a very long time, and I'm also close with her family. Oh, and what I was getting at too is her family, her immediate family, they're all white. However, her in laws, she has a black sister in law, she has a black brother in law, and she, she, you know, she has nine nieces and nephews. Five of her nieces and uh, five of her uh, nieces and nephews. Are, are mixed race. So it's like that thing, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, know, yeah. yeah. Basically we're at the point where we can go, Oh, here's a funny story that I would like to share. And I honest to God, hand on my heart. This really happened when we were leaving the Nighthawk cinema, she wanted to drive. So I was like, fine. Um, and then she started like looking for the keys and then she says the words, not Totally oblivious to what we just came from seeing, she's like, Sh- "I can't find the keys." And then I jokingly say, "Don't fuck with me." And then we both started laughing. Uh, yeah, because you know, that, I would have, I would have been totally <laughs> fucked up because of that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and I just want—I'm looking at my notes. Mm-hmm. I'm doing notes now, guys.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm yeah, just so you can't see it, but Scott sees me on my phone. I'm pulling up my review that I wrote of it immediately, same night, because there's just some points I I, I don't want to miss. I was able to squeeze close to 2,000 words uh, in one sitting out so I guess that that says a lot you know about what I felt about that movie
0: I don't want our show to be like like this has to be the topic this day and this has to be the topic that day sure. but but because I don't know when this episode will come out but today is the night of the Oscar and there is uh yeah. there is talk about like you know Oscar's so white and like the cover of The New Yorker had the Oscar. As a black woman, which some people were offended by, some people. Oh, I didn't see that. I don't. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't find thing it. I guess
1: I'd be offended by. It's just like it's one of those things. Like, would you stop? Like, stop. It. it that, that, but that, that. That. That's an example of like I would have voted for Obama for a third term kind of shit. Like, yeah, I do. I'm not I, offended by what I imagine other people are offended by, but I'm just like, all right, the, the, There's too much shit. like Hattie McDaniel was not allowed, no, oh, I'm sorry, Hattie McDaniel was not allowed to the premiere of a movie that she won an Oscar for. So there's there's too much history to just like, oh, we'll draw, like things have changed because when when that kind of stuff happens, going back to Obama, it's now gonna be like, because when Obama, oh, you had two terms of Obama, we're in a post racist society now. And I think that just because this year, this year is very, it's very black. And, and I'm proud of that. But I, I think got, because this one year, it's going to be like, well, you can't complain anymore because you had the, you know, 2017 was the year, so you can't complain anymore. And that's why that worries me. I'm a Jewish,
0: so, I'm a Jewish fourth generation New Yorker, neurotic yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> I'm you never going to. It's
1: neurotic to me. Uh,
0: I work very hard at it.
1: Well you do a good job Cause I don't You don't seem like a neurotic person
0: Ask the other people Okay Alright um, I'm never gonna stop complaining Just okay. I just wanna say But So I kinda A lot of my notes And a lot of the things I'm thinking about Have to do With You know um, At least ten, ten, Tangentially uh, Black films mm-hmm. So Because that's what I thought about yeah. Also I'm gonna to get to it in a second But This week I just watched uh, Neil Brennan's new special Did you watch it?
1: No I mean I know who Neil Brennan is And I was a Big listener of his podcast Before it came, You know It went off But
0: yeah He you know He was the He was the He was Dave Chappelle's co-writer mm-hmm. I think I don't know if they're cool or not anymore, but they went up. No, no, and down. no, they're
1: totally fine. They they were both they pre- both performed at the Roots Picnic uh, this a few months ago. They're 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 cool again. That's great. He's a
0: he's a very complicated man. He's a white dude. He definitely oversteps his boundaries sometimes yeah. on comments. Yeah, his his special is really good for me because another thing that I don't mind revealing is that uh, I've suffered. I suffered from. Uh, clinical depression for like three years.
1: I was gonna say he's he's a big advocate of of depression. On he's he's been a guest on Joe Rogan show before, and they talk about that a lot. And I, I I like when people are open, especially men, because whatever we don't need to get into it. But we all yeah, know that you know it's we, this whole thing. We there. don't talk stigma. about it. Yeah, especially so men.
0: It's a reason why I'm like such a huge fan of Kid Cuddy, amongst other reasons. No doubt, because like we're both named Scott. Huh. I'm sure we both. I'm pretty sure we fit into the same Myers Briggs personality uh, scale and hmm. yeah it's just like I listen to some of his shit and it's like listening to a mirror wow. but there are obviously some cultural things that are very different but like of course. Um, but I just thought that was dope because it was a comedy special but he also like went into detail his depression and his father passing and like father issues which are things that I think about but then like reading about it and him, I read that he said that Quentin Tarantino was the best black director.
1: Jesus Christ. shit like that. And it's shit like he's that. He's not the best anything director. He, he's, yeah, ahead. yeah,
0: he's, he's, no. Yeah. That's just what I'm going to say.
1: Uh, uh but really annoyed me right now. I know.
0: But the conceit, yeah, I'm using the word conceit, motherfuckers. The conceit of this Quentin Tarantino stance was put to rest if you watch Get Out. Because- It's the best popcorn movie I've seen in like 17 years and the feeling that me and Shaka got from this Mm -hmm. was what we wanted to get from Django. Django is such a vacuous film to me.
1: Django is uh, maybe one of the most problematic movies ever. And it's also such a losing battle talking about how much I dislike it because so many people like it. Even black people, the same black people who hated Tarantino rightfully so, are suddenly pleased with Django, which never made any sense to me. uh, It's like trying to explain to
0: Jewish people I know why I don't like Inglorious Bastards, because they love that movie, a lot of my Jewish friends, because it's like, you know, cathartic revenge to watch this, but again, I feel like when you lack emotional nuance, you make like
1: yeah, I don't. But it's cheap. It's a cheap tool because he. It's just like, hey, I'm just. Hi- hey, I'm. We're killing Nazis or hey, we're killing slave masters. So it's like he's hiding behind that to be a violent little kid and also to rewrite history like that. It almost diminishes what really goddamn happened. Which Also, is a, one of the worst tragedies in known to man. But you still can't be like, yeah, we killed it. Like he didn't kill. But H- that's didn't the, kill H- Hitler that, the also that there's and there's a
0: there's a big problem there. With Inglorious Bastards I, I also hated Django Unchained But my I haven't liked A uh, Quentin Tarantino movie in a while So my issue with Inglorious Bastards was So 98% Of the Nazis Were Took no joy in what they did um, Psychology shows that you can mm. You can manipulate people To do whatever And that people will follow rules The Was it the Milgram study with the electric shock? The Milgram study was done. do you know that? No. Psychotherapist, survivor of the Holocaust, was trying to figure out if Germans were just evil or if there was something else afoot. And he did this study where people were told that there was a person in another room, and if the other person got a question wrong, they'd press a button, and it would administer them a vault of electricity. And then with each each question wrong, the vault would be, would go up until it was a deadly vault. Now the person. Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't know the name of it. Oh, but definitely. Um,
0: So the, the people in the room, it wasn't real, but they were screaming and stuff. And he thought that most people would not make it to the last push. And most people made it to the last push. Wow. Are all, are you going to say that all of these people are evil? No. No. So there's something about humans and directions so, which is a long-winded This whole shit we do is long-winded So, if you're, fuck you, I'm long-winded It's a long, long-winded thing to say That, like, most Nazis weren't quote-unquote evil When they were doing these evil things They were doing this thing that they just thought they were doing I'm sure there were some sadistic people Who thought that it was nice Like Goebbels and all these people Which we were talking about earlier in Get Out Like, it was, it was curiosity and just this job now, the people in Inglorious Bastards murdering and ravaging the Nazis are doing it with glee and joy. Yeah. And so, in trying to take back the power, you're just painting these people as uh, sadistic, murdering people, which is not the point.
1: Sure. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. What also. You know, upset. There's what also. There's a lot of stuff, but the whole idea of it's a it's a crew of Jewish soldiers, and we're gonna take down Nazis. And then there's still no development of any of the Jewish cat. Like you don't know where any of them came from. They just give them Jewish last names, you know, Jewish sounding last names rather. And that's and that's cool. You, you know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing. It's just very cheap. And 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 back to what you said. Like they're kind of sadistic. Like it's just not fun. Like n- nothing about that subject matter is fun. You know what I'm saying? Like. The little guitar riffs that, 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 like, when I think of, even if it's killing n- not Nazis or, like, taking a baseball bat, like, I don't think of, like, damn, like an awesome guitar riff when it happens. It's just very messed up. Yeah, it's, it's also, so messed up
0: the one thing I can never forget about the movie Watchmen, did you ever see movie Watchmen? Yeah, yeah. Is that Zack Snyder decided to use slow motion in the rape scene. Like, what scene are we talking about? Uh, over the pool table. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Like, he hits the girl, and she flies 360 yeah.
1: in slow motion. I'm like, you don't, like, really? I had a, you know, speaking of which, I had a recent reaction like that. Um, did you see Nocturnal Animals? No. Well, there's, I mean, at this point, a lot of people have seen it, whatever. There's a scene, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's wife and daughter are, you know, raped and murdered. We don't see that, but we see the after effect. And it's these two attractive, attractive older women, attractive younger women. Their perfect, beautiful, hairless bodies are found, like, clutching to each other. Like, they're dead after they've been raped and murdered. And they're, it's just, like, they're just, like, in a pose, like, holding each other. Which is really weird and messed up. Because it's just, like, one, after, like, these essential... It's like some deliverance straw dog shit. Like, like, like these evil hillbilly guys, like, take his daughter and wife, rape him, kill him. They would just be... Their bodies would be mutilated. They wouldn't yeah. be perfectly shaven and, like clean and, and everything. I had a real issue with that. And and I feel like, between, I saw that movie last year in Toronto, in September in Toronto, and up to now, I haven't heard anyone mention how problematic that one scene is. Because um, so. they also, maybe a lot, maybe they didn't see the movie. Yeah. No, no, no I'm talking about people who have seen it. Like, 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 like reviews and people who, a lot of people love Nocturnal Animals, honestly, and they don't find any issue with that. Like, it's such a, it's like a sexualized scene, like post-rape, which there's nothing sexual about rape. So, it,
0: yeah it's or sensuous pe- or anything people that think that the the reason why I have trouble like tr- trying to explain to people that don't believe that rape culture exists is that there are people that think that rape is a sexual thing or that uh, or when I say oh well well it's like it's like if you open up your door someone's gonna rob your house. whoa no people say that shit.
1: I mean, I know, just every time I hear it, it's just But, like, like
0: people aren't houses, and also...
1: And also, don't rob someone's house. And also, don't... Also, I don't care how uncivilized we are. It's not your shit. It's not your house. Yeah. Like, you know. And
0: and I'm not going to say an actual percent, because percentages are often made up on the spot. Yeah. But a high percent of people that are women and men that are raped are raped by people that they know, and are, sorry, guys, are not scantily clad, are not, like, dressed sexually. Yeah. It's like someone's next-door neighbor in sweatpants. Like it's It has lots of different... There's different ways that it looks, and it's not a sexual thing. I didn't see that movie. Um, Did you see
1: Elle? Because that's a movie, totally what we're talking about. It's about Paul Verhoeven's latest movie, Isabel Huppert, where it it's a movie. It opens up. She's raped, and it's about her trying to find her rapist, and... Can't really say too much more. Is it a
0: rape revenge film?
1: Yes, but it's an unconventional rape revenge film. I don't well, say that much because I, I thought you, you really should see that. It, it, it's a good movie, but it's also the kind of movie where it can be read many different ways. I mean, not. I don't want to go
0: too heavy into it, but are there any good? Are, are there
1: any good rape revenge movies? Miss Forty Five, Abel Ferrara's second uh, feature film.
0: You know that was one I didn't see. I'm I'd say that that's
1: up. a good, you know. Because um, there's a whole. And, and I think L. I think L is a good rape revenge movie. Because there's a whole like, there's a whole genre of it. Sure. Um, I think you know. What's it called again? L E L L E. Isabella Pepe, you know. As we record this, you'll hear it a different day, obviously, but it's Oscar night. Isabel Huppert got nominated for Best Actress for that movie. Well, that's
0: a good segue, because I do want to get into the Oscars. What was the other movie by Abel Ferrara? Uh,
1: Miss 45. Miss 45. Great movie. Because
0: I like him. Every movie I've seen of his, Uh I've liked. he's got a lot. I haven't seen them all. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what just happened?
1: I mean, I, I can remember in text it to you. No, say. in my but, head. But
0: oh, 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 um. So I was talking to my mom on Friday,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she was like, "Oh, what are you up to?" I was like, "Oh, I'm starting a podcast with my friend Marcus about films." And she's like, "Why well, would you start a podcast about movies? What do you know like about movies?" Like, she didn't really think. Oh. Just you know, parents are just don't trust me. It's, it's going somewhere. Parents just don't understand. So then we started talking about the Oscars and and how she wanted certain movies to, to win. And I was like, you know, I, su- I suppose Moonlight should win, but Oscars don't matter and whatever. And she was like, I didn't see Moonlight. What do you think of Moonlight? I was like, Moonlight was a great movie. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautifully shot. the Music was good. The acting was very good. And she was like, but I think La La Land is going to win. And I said, uh, "I kind of think so too." It's probably true. We'll find yeah. out. And I said, "What's the name of that director?"
1: Uh, La, La Land or
0: yeah.
1: Uh, oh, oh man, the Whiplash guy. I, yeah, I, I can't think of it. I'll look it up. As, and as and as I, said I said to, to my
0: mom, I said, "Fuck that guy. That guy makes shitty science fiction movies." And she was like, Are "Science you ta- fiction?" Yeah. Huh. She was like, "Are you talking about Arrival?" I was like, "No, I'm not talking about Arrival. <laughs> Arrival is definitely a science fiction movie." but so is whiplash and so is la la land and she says to me what are you talking about i'm like well whiplash is a film about competitive jazz drumming in 2014 like it's an important thing and a thing that doesn't involve black people damien chazelle damien chazelle and his second movie is a jazz musical about jazz stuff where black people who invented jazz don't exist Those are soft science fiction films to me. And she's like, well, I understand why you're starting a podcast. (laughs) It's like, that's what I think. That dude makes speculative fiction about shit that doesn't matter. And he's literally like that shit. People, people buy into it and it's
1: keeping other people from making movies. I do. I'll play devil's. I don't even know if I fully agree with what I'm about to say, but I will pose a devil's advocate to you. Sure. Sure. One well, the first thing this isn't devil's advocate. I just think I've heard I know that theory, whatever the term is, about why La La Land is you know I didn't think about Whiplash that way, but the whole idea of like it's jazz through this white lens, whatever. But I want I just think there's bigger bigger battles to fight than La La Land. It like in, in, in sure. my opinion. Also, what would you say to someone because this is this is a something that 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 I've heard where it's like well you know a lot of black modern day black people don't necessarily support jazz at least in you know in 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 America or or you know like or it doesn't matter or well white people like jazz too like what is the response to that cuz I'm just I don't have one I did I just don't care about La La Land and, I, and that doesn't mean I think it's a bad movie or a good movie I I just don't care but I'm curious about the stuff surrounding it kind of um like if it's a movie that cuz sometimes like character could right now in real life, just a white guy who just happens to like jazz and a movie's, you know, made about him. Like, does that
0: Yeah, solid movie. It's called Crumb. It's a pretty it's a pretty good oh, documentary. <laughs> pretty good. That, document, that documentary is great. And um, In fact a documentary I told you to check out when we were not filming, uh, not recording. Right, right. You were driving me home and I said to Marcus to see Let's Get Lost, which is about uh Chet Baker. Yeah, and it's about the white jazz uh, trumpet and flugelhorn player and it's one of the best movies of documentaries I've seen, but as you'll get to know me, I don't really like documentaries. Mm-hmm. But I like that one. Sure. And I liked Chrome as well because
1: I like it for his brothers. God, talk about stealing the show. Wasn't even about them, and they're the most memorable thing. It's me. not uncommon. I mean, Life is Illmatic was all about jungle. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was. I Before wanted Star more. Wars, what I always wanted more with Star Wars was Scheme's mom. Yeah. In the kitchen. That's,
0: that's funny because I was thinking about you and documentaries, and I was like, oh, Star Wars is a documentary I like, especially because I went to the Bronx this weekend to do some work, mm-hmm. and I can't help it. Every time I take the four or five train to the bronx and i get out i feel like i'm going to discuss cap sure sure that's what i like i cannot get off at like grand concourse and not think like we have to discuss cap and the problem Sure. who i think was the first like the first uh do you think do you find the word wigger offensive
1: no no i don't know some people used it before which isn't nice but you know
0: um, I think he was the it was the first instance of a wigger dropping the N bomb in a movie. Yes. Yeah. Which which I have to credit Tone Tank realized this a long time ago. So I don't The
1: first time I saw it uh, I watched it and like I, I swear it felt like twenty minutes went by until I rewound it. I said, Whoa, 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 wait, what? And yeah, like it did, I, did, I it was just so smooth the way he because it was such a common thing. Like the way I'm sure he has maybe he doesn't, I don't know. He seems like a guy that maybe doesn't have friends. However he might have been around black and white, black and Latino people who weren't, who, who were fine with it. But it goes, but again, to correct in, myself in style, but at the same time, Cap doesn't seem like a guy who has many friends.
0: It's hard to say because he said it in such a comfortable way. Yes, exactly. And New York City, and, I, and from what I understand, Oakland and a certain couple other cities are strange in that these cities, there are instances where like, White people are okay to say those word amongst their friends if their friends are okay with it. Yeah, but but, the, but but not to say it outside of that friend group or whatever. But like if you go to Philadelphia, that that shit does not fly. If you go to
1: just about any other place, you say it around me, it doesn't fly, and that's always been a problem because there's not any not in my experiences. I've been in a, a few confrontations because that's just such a trigger for me. Like I immediately just. You know, I stop being uh, the somewhat mature man I am, and I'm just like, whoa! whoa, whoa. I just stop everything. It's like, what yeah. did you say? Or like, don't say that around, um, you know, kind of thing. And, and you're of,
0: saying you're saying the colloquial version,
1: the yes, the
0: the soft yes, a, not the, the hard a. r. Correct. And I yeah. I agree. I think. Uh, and the, I didn't know that this episode was going to be about the usage of the n word. We're but, talking
1: about a, a a heavily racial film. Like, right. It's going to go everywhere. So,
0: like, I the only time I will consider using it is like in context of talking about a sentence. Of course. Um, and sometimes if I'm not super comfortable with the people around me, I won't even do it that way. Sure. But so my under, how I feel about that word is that that word is acceptable for you to use only if the people around you are okay with you using it.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: one person in that group is not okay with
1: you using it, then you probably shouldn't use yeah. it and maybe you shouldn't use it ever. Yeah. What what annoys me though is the validation that other black like the universal, you know, validation that some black people have given as if they're speaking for me. Like, hey, yeah. I'm so and so, so if I say it, then it's cool. And that's it just gives off the whole like, oh, all black people think alike, we're one monolithic group, and it's like, don't like when Gwyneth Paltrow, she didn't she used the term, you know, like when she tweeted this was years ago, like listen to the niggas in Paris and people flipped on her, and then of all people, Nas, you know, responds, and Nas is like, "Hey, Gwyneth Paltrow gets a pass," and it's just like, maybe with you, but I don't don't you don't speak well, for me. Or another example was, um, oh man, what's another? Oh, there was oh like with RZA and Quentin Tarantino using the N word. RZA's like, yeah, we use that word with each other all the time, which I find more problematic because he's a guy who claims to be five percent, and I would imagine one of yeah. the top things five percent is you don't want a white person refer to you in any f- any root form of, of the n-word so
0: yeah it seems strange and also with that gwyneth Poucher thing is like it's one thing if in her friend group which c- contain seemed to contain a lot of famous rappers she says that and they're okay with that that's fine when you tweet it you're yeah. putting it out for everybody yeah. yeah and you have to think are you is everybody gonna be okay with this yeah when it comes to those kind of words and like trying to understand especially i'm i'm white straight jewish dude i don't i need to i need to own my privilege and think about what things go on and i try to follow the categorical imperative and have to assume that if everyone was okay with this and everyone doing this then it's okay Mm -hmm. and then otherwise then maybe just maybe we shouldn't be using that word yeah i agree i mean i i I believe it i don't believe i should and it always
1: makes me feel weird to tie this in back to get out kind of i liked the um (laughs) the exploration of the use of the n-word in key and peel's kiana yeah they're kind of both um whatever the term you know, is they're, they're just too, well, they're actually biracial, but in the movie they play black guy. two black guys who don't say the N word. And then when yeah. they use it, it just seems a little like, you know, almost offensive. you know, that they're using it, which, which, you know, I find in, in interesting, which is kind of, you know, which is also me too. Like I grew up, you know, like, you know, whatever, full disclosure, I'm like, my, my mother's from the South. My dad's an old school New Yorker. was an old school New Yorker from Queens. So, growing up, I've heard them say it. As a matter of fact, I remember the first time I heard my mom use the term to describe one of her friends, it threw me for a loop because I hadn't heard the N-I-G-G-A version before. I just thought the word was the word. I thought she was just saying it, like, in an accent where, like, the R was just pronounced with an A at the end. And I remember following her into another. I was very little. I was like, what did you say? You're not supposed to say that. Like, it just it just totally, like, threw, you know uh-huh. th- 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 uh, threw me off. And even me, like, I'm someone who... My black friends and my Puerto Rican friends—it's I, I, always been a weird thing to just sidebar how <laughs> it's weird how like if you're someone Puerto Rican, Dominican, I really don't care. It's it's just it's just like a black person using it, but when like some like but if I know you're Mexican or something like that, it bothers me. Or if I know you're like Colombian, and I know what Colombians about use, like, what like about? about it. It's so strange. What if you're? What about hood Chinese? Oh, absolutely not! Get out of here with that. No, <laughs> you better not say you're gonna have a problem. Don't say that around me. But, like, again, but it's so strange, like, how annoyed I am. I mean, at the end of the day, in a perfect world, I wish black people wouldn't use. There's so many other words to use to just, you know, terms of endearment. But what are you going to do? But, um, no, but I was saying, though, too, like, I feel I'm someone, you know, if I were to use it, I would, I would, like, offend another black person. I feel like it's just not my, uh, you know, which is another reason why I love. Jordan Peele, the, the artist, director filmmaker, whatever, because a lot of things, personal things that I know about his life, I kind of experienced on some level. Just the whole, hey, you talk white, which is like a, a theme that he brings up in a lot of interviews, a theme that comes up in, in some of their Key and Peele skits. And it's like, oh, I know what that's like. Especially, you know, I went to a historically black college, Hampton University, so I heard that a lot, a lot. You, you know, and just, I didn't, I never got desensitized to it, but it's still a very funny thing. Like, it just makes me smirk, you know, when when, when I hear that. So, um.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think of you as a as a weird dude, so I don't know. Sure. Many people, many pe- people do. <laughs> uh, but also, one thing that I that I liked about Get Out was, as far as I can remember, the the racist white people never used the N word.
1: No, they didn't. They I never.
0: They never said they. They were all very racist, obviously. Yeah. And they said racist things, but but. But they acted true to their liberal selves, and I think,
1: what, and that's important. And I, and I think that had to have been done intentionally, Absolutely. because that movie, Get Out, is a response to people who think we're in a post, right? who, who you know, we have Obama, so racism, you know, it's not what it was, it's over. So it's one of those things where like, there's those, and that, and that to me manifests itself into, hey, if I'm not using nigger or wearing a, you know, a Klansman outfit, I'm not racist, and there's no racism. Yeah. And and he's just showing that, you know, because it would have been cheap. It would have been easy to have the villains in that movie when the black guy's not like, under, look at this nigger. Like, you know, like saying that. But then instead, they just, he he went around that and used like kind of clever ways where people can be like, I don't know, even know if everything wasn't, but like racist or just offensive or just overly PC to the point where it actually is kind of racist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 until you just said that, I, I didn't really... Think too hard about that, but that also no, I, I I respect that movie even more than I already did.
0: Dude, it's just it's just a great movie, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. And you know, the kind of movie that gets me and my friend, my friends talking on the phone about a movie. Yeah, I haven't done that since the high school.
1: And speaking of that particular friend, you know, as I you know recently, I don't. To explain, so between the ages of 12 through the age of, like, 23, the two most prevalent things in my life were, you know, track and field in high school and DJ battle. So yeah. two thing, two competitive things. And I listened to rap music, which one of the core, no matter how much people want to wimpify, you know, hip-hop culture these days, competition and saying, I am better than you, was one of the pillars of hip-hop. And it, and, and it still is. Look at all this talk of Remy and Nicki Minaj. But as I watch, uh, a lot of, a, I, I, we can skip because I want to get to this point. That specific filmmaker, you know, Shaka. I do not to like say, oh, well, he's better or anything like that. But when I watch certain films, especially this year where there were a lot of black voices on screen, I can't help but think, like, you know, Mullanians is just as powerful, if not well, if not more than 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 quite a few. And I just like the whole theater. I just wanted to kind of, like, scream, watch Moulin, like, after, yeah. you know, And I'm not even say, saying, you know, I, I know Shaka, and, and I don't want him to hear that. I think I'm, like, you know, blowing smoke or anything, you know, but, 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 but it's true. I think um, that was another film that kind of, like, dealt with race, racism. You had a cameo in, in that as well, where any variation of the N-word wasn't used. Other ra- racial slurs, but it's still, it's a, it's a short film about race and there wasn't any kind of like cheap ploy i i I felt so i guess maybe what i'm trying to say is now with between something like get out being a success opening weekend moonlight oscars i just i think that there needs to be a place for another shaka king feature film because amen yeah I think Less la kind of t- la t- Take land. a lot of pe- people to school And I hate And again I know it's weird saying that I, There's just that I'll never lose that competitive side Because as my brain was developing I was doing two majorly competitive things And I think that stuck with me But which is strange No but When it comes to stuff if, like Say if, board games Or like Find you know Like my, my job I'm not competitive with that Like I don't care So but With other stuff I am like Oh this is better This is better uh, ranking, But here's like, here, like, here's Who's the best this Like in that kind yeah. of You know
0: Here's the I thing. I, I do not come from that sort of background. Mm-hmm. In fact, it gives me a segue into this little, little thing I wrote earlier. But mm-hmm. I'm not competitive. I played competitive basketball one year mm. and mm-hmm. played only as much as they had to have everyone play. Wow. You had to play a quarter. Okay. I was a fat kid. I was a weird kid. And my parents thought that that would get me to quit smoking and stop doing drugs. But the depression from not being able to to play football just made me do more drugs. Because mm-hmm. drugs are fun.
1: Um, Wait, not playing? Oh, so you did? Play, you played football?
0: No, basketball.
1: No, but it said the depression from not being able to play football. You said.
0: Uh, I meant basketball.
1: Oh, oh, oh! I, I, okay, I, I you. Okay. Uh,
0: see, that's just a flashback from all the LSD I took in <laughs> the nineties. So, to talk about back to that nerd stuff, to you know, I just want to paint a picture, right? Mm-hmm. So, like. We live in a world where, like, being a nerd is cool. No. Now, Yes, yes. Like, there's cons, and Star Trek is go- cool again, and, like, I... And, and, like, it's not really stigmatized, and I don't think it's bad. Because when I was a kid, my favorite show was Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I literally got beat up when I was, like, 16 years old for telling some kid that I like Star Trek. Wow. Because that's, like... Like, liking nerd shit was not cool. Nowadays, you go to someone's house and they show off their graphic novel collection, yeah. and there was a time where you didn't. Yeah, sure. Where, like, like I would I would hear people talking about comic books, and I would wait for a second to be like, you know, do I want to talk about this? Yeah, wow. Because you're going to out yourself as a fucking nerd. Wow. And we live in a world where now oh, if my fiance ever hears this, she's going to get pissed because this is before I met her. Like, I once got a sext that was, do you want to watch Deep Space Nine and fuck? Greatest, greatest sext of all time. I didn't because my back was hurting and it wasn't worth it. But Mm -hmm. that's the world we live in where, like, we send, like, Deep Space Nine sexts, right? It wasn't always like that and I think a lot of kids don't understand and, like, when older people start talking about the shit. It's like you're talking that back in my day bullshit about how when gum was five cents and I'm not saying it was better back then, but there were like places you could go to comic book stores, bookstores, video rental stores, record stores, Mm -hmm. dimensional portals where you were, you got made fun of for your taste. Not if you were fat or weird Yeah, and you like you people that were more knowledgeable than you would school you on game. And you would school people who were less knowledgeable on game. And there was like this way cross-pollination of understanding ideas. Yep. And like I, I we were talking er, last week about um, post-Senebrous Lux and gentrification and how like gentrification is forcing us out of this studio mm-hmm. and how how gentrification has has been a backbone of all of the things I love disappearing and being part of art, mm-hmm. because as like a young person alone, I used to go to the Fulton Mall,
1: mm-hmm.
0: also known as the Albee Square Mall, which was the actual mall and the neighborhood downtown Brooklyn, yeah. where Bismarck, he made a great song about the Albee Square Mall, where
1: he battled Big Daddy Kane before they became became friends. Yeah. yeah.
0: And after after school, I just wouldn't want to go home because like I was this depressed teenager Mm -hmm. and like I would you would go to I would go to this store called Beat Street, which I'm sure you're familiar with Yeah,
1: the record store. So
0: on the bottom floor was a record store and on the top floor was just like a weird ass store where you could like buy jewelry or like any movie ever.
1: Mm.
0: And next door was another place that was like two floors where I would buy records. But then I would just see that they had a whole floor of of VHS. And then there was this bazaar where this, like, uh, this thugged-out Jamaican and this thugged-out Chinese person would always try to sell me bootleg anime tapes. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a way to learn. I promise you that this is getting somewhere. Hey, man, go ahead. Hey. And so one day when I realized I liked movies, I was thinking about all – the references rappers made to movies, and I noticed that on the bottom of, of this r- store next to Beat Street, had all these films. Like had Dolomite and mm-hmm. the the, the all the the kung fu movies, and they would carry uh, Bobby analogs. uh Not Bobby analog. That's Cool Keep Dissing RZA. RZA made that short film Domestic Violence. Yeah, they had that on cassette. Wow. They had, you got the the hookup. Yo, hood record stores. Had everything. They had great music, great Mm -hmm. movies, and then I discovered this uh, this VHS company, the Xenon Group. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you remember them? No.
0: They put out "quote unquote" black exploitation movies and kung fu movies. Mm -hmm. So I bought I bought Dolomite Two, The Human Tornado, and then the preview for that on that movie was Story of a Three Day Pass wow holy cow so then i was like what is this and i i I see where you're going with this i went back and like i bought i bought that and then like i and then i started watching like all these movies Mm -hmm. and how what do we do that these how do people enjoy shit anymore how do people find things how do you like the reason why I love movies and music so much is because I searched out these things and yeah. and made these relationships
1: and discovered things myself. Where did you think I was going with this? Well, you said story of Your three day pass, which is a film about an interracial relationship. I thought we were getting back to Get Out. Um, I was trying to, uh, but I well, got a little. Well, you kind of did because you asked because I, I guess you tapped me into to I got, in to, to tie I, I got it in.
0: lost in my own nostalgia. I for think, a
1: but I think honestly, like. And I see that I'm one of those guys. I try to avoid comments on YouTube videos, but I can't but YouTube is a form of digging I mean everything is on YouTube and I see people People who reveal themselves to be young kids who say hey such-and-such such brought me here, which I like for example Like there was a movie uh, came out years ago. It wasn't very good It was called the wackness
0: yeah ben
1: Kingsley however the music in that movie is all, it's like Group Home, Method Man, whatever. Yeah. And I would go to YouTube. Sometimes when I'm like, I'd be bored at work. Or if I'm like at home, oh, I want to just watch the video for this Group Home album. I want to watch a song or, or Mike Geronimo. And I see in the comments like someone who's older who probably came up on, someone my age or older. They'll be like, all these young kids don't know nothing about this. And then there'll be a comment like, hey, I'm 15. I saw that movie, The Whackness. It brought me here. So if you like that like Someone watched the movie Oh I like that song And they seek it out And what's great about YouTube When you're in that When you're in that headspace You're gonna look up Group home And then it's gonna take you To you know Gangstar, Premier, J-Roo, or some random shit. Like I said, Mike Geronimo, Smooth the Hustle, and like some. Yeah. Not every young kid, like a lot of young kids, are are, are 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 slaves to trends. But there's always those kids who like to seek stuff out. The and that's, kids and, and, who would have been us back yes, in the day yeah, are
0: are instead of like going to the record store, going are going into YouTube holes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I when we were driving the other day, I told you to check out the Cry of Jazz. Yeah. Um, when I first wanted to see that movie because. I had heard that it was great. I I had to go to the 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 film library by Juilliard and rent it
1: and watch it in the library. Mm-hmm. See but I, and I and I really do I don't I had to, to sound see Sound old. I I appreciate so I remember like this was before even me like I am like when Eraserhead came out on Criterion and you can watch Eraserhead on Hulu now to me it it was this thing like you had to like Order it directly from David Lynch's website, um, and it came in this box that was all difficult to open. But prior to that, I saw Eraserhead. That, like the video store, I, I mentioned this before in Amherst, Massachusetts. I grew up down the street from my house was a video store. Up the street was a movie theater. So that yeah. on the same side of the street that I lived on. So I think that explains a lot. However, going to the video store, which is called Video to Go, they had a one bootleg copy of Eraserhead, and you had to ask for it because obviously you can't advertise yeah. it. Hey, we had it. Just somehow word got around like. Asked behind the counter for a copy of Eraserhead, and they had all these instructions like before they'd rent it to you. How old is your VCR? Because they didn't. They only have yeah. one copy. How old is your VCR? When you're done with this, don't rewind it. We'll rewind it. Like yeah. blah, blah blah. And that kind of weird stuff, excessive, excessive stuff. I, I missed that. It, it, I it, saw. It, I, it, yeah, it's I
0: only saw because my friend had a Eraserhead. I only saw that movie back in the day because my friend uh, had a membership to Kim's Video. Nice. And they had that version
1: hmm. And they were assholes Oh, okay. well, let me just say that The St. Mark the, the, Was this like St. Mark's Kim's?
0: Not the St. Mark's Kim's, no
1: Okay, well, I just There was a Kim's video at Uptown, Columbia University They were always nice But every other Kim's location For the most part, assholes And I think they're actually kind of known for that It was yeah. like a thing that, Yeah, it was like Except, well I gotta say Except for, you know that There are a few people I don't wanna diss a guy Like, uh, cause he may listen to this Beans from Antipop Consortium He was a former Kim's employee And he's a very nice guy And, um Who I interviewed for my site Uh, years ago And also, um Albert Hammond Jr. The, uh Rhythm guitarist for the Strokes He used to work at Kim's also Um I met him before he, He's a cool guy But generally speaking It was just like a thing Like, you ask someone It's, it's he, that high he, fidelity shit If, if you, you ask you were, someone a question if you were cool
0: like, enough To work at Kim's Video, it was assumed that, you know. So I I, I mostly went to Kim's Video because it was also a pretty good record store.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: They had, like, weird-ass magazines. I used to buy every magazine every month that was musical to try to figure it out. That was Um, one thing
1: I loved about living in New York, like, when I moved here after college. Like, hearing about Kim's, hearing about other music um in places like that and now I live in the I would just go there with nothing in mind to buy but just to go there to hang out maybe I'll maybe I'll blind buy something yeah you know cuz the the album cover looks cool my yeah. only
0: problem I do love like I do love how easy it is to listen to music and find things and my biggest issue is just the accidental which used to exist when you'd be in a movie store mm. or a music store and someone would just put a record in the wrong place.
1: Oh, wow. I never... Has that happened to me before? You were like
0: searching for the Beastie Boys or something. Oh, I guess, yeah. And someone put in Baloxa Makadus, and you checked it out, and you're like, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Because it was weird. Sure. And then you went home, and you listened to it, you're like, oh, Makalakadus is great. Yeah. And But to to go back, I don't... I'm sure that it also makes us endear... Well, Eraserhead is a great movie, but... The difficulty in having to do things was nice, and I my my favorite thing about Nirvana, which I don't dislike their music. In fact, I only just listened to *Inner Utero* for the first time recently. Mm It's pretty good. Mm
1: -hmm. Never been. I've never been a big Nirvana guy. I just figured I know their impact because you
0: like some of the that music that's part of that time.
1: You're not the first people who said like Sonic Youth is one of my favorite bands. And Because last, w- used to last tour time with Sonic we were
0: talking Youth. about Sonic Youth yeah. and Dinosaur, Dinosaur Jr. Jr. Yeah, who, so I, I just hometown. I figured yeah. maybe you liked. No, Nir, no, you Nirvana's. would, and, and you would,
1: uh, you might think, but no, I, I don't dislike Nirvana. They just never, I don't know. But, um,
0: Incesticide is like a, a, a EP album of theirs or something, mm-hmm. and he writes he writes this like probably the best liner notes ever on a record. You got, mm-hmm. I'll send it to you. Okay, and he talks about like. How there was this record that he was looking for and he could not find it. So when he was finally on tour, he searched out the lead singer of the band of them Mm -hmm. and was like, Hey, this is you're like my favorite band, but I have never been able to find a copy of this record. And like she made him a copy of it. That's awesome. And that sort that sort of magical thing sort of doesn't quite exist
1: using your select and and what also does is using your celebrity and kind of status to not you know ball out but to like find some rare you know album i also mm. kind of appreciate that too like you know instead of using your power to get women to come backstage or to like score coke or to get you know free expensive clothes or to get this you know whatever, it's like, no, I just want a copy of this, like, obscure album. Yeah, yeah. that I'm willing to pay for. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah exactly. It was,
0: it, you know, I mean, I think there's some really special things about Kurt Cobain. It's mm-hmm. it's too bad whatever happened to him. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I'm not God.
1: Yeah, I hate speculating, but he was, he was very depressed. I think it was suicide.
0: It's fueled, certainly...
1: Fueled by probably his... His wife at the time, but uh, I don't think it was this conspiracy where someone murdered him. I think he was depressed and he was prone to kill himself, and I think he was just maybe pushed there by certain elements. But you know,
0: rest in peace, Kurt Cobain.
1: Rest in peace, Kurt Cobain. Watch Gus Van Zant's Elephant because it's a really good movie.
0: Ele- no, you're no last days. Last days.
1: It's all part of the same trilogy. Jesus. Yeah, Jerry Elephant. <sighs> I don't last like days any since. of those movies. Oh, I love those movies. The, oh. I mean, he just totally changed his like overnight. It was just like to go from finding Forrester and like Goodwill Hunting to those movies. Yeah, takes a lot of balls to get sure. to, to to be on Oscar status and to be like a list now. To like, no, I'm gonna make these intentionally I, boring movies. I, I appreciate I think I, are good.
0: I appreciate boring movies. Mm-hmm. Th- those are not my favorite boring movies. Sure, sure. Jerry is probably my favorite of the three. Wow.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. I Good. don't. I
0: just. I like it. I do too. Was was that a? No, that wasn't a Dogma movie.
1: No, no, definitely wasn't.
0: I th- I thought, Gus Van Sant tried to make a Dogma movie and then just. No, like,
1: there's an interview. There's on the special features of Malin Noche, his first movie. He was saying how. Had Dogma existed back then, Malin Noche would have been considered. A dog Although by dogma rules No it wouldn't Because
0: There's so many rules I like the idea Because there's a soundtrack
1: Well first of all There's a a soundtrack There's a soundtrack for Mala Noche And there's um, Sound effect Like a gunshot Like there's gunshot Sound effects So just those two rules Right there You know
0: So To To close out the night Yeah What What's your What's your favorite music movie Not
1: musical But music movie
0: you, how you want to interpret the question is up to you.
1: That's that's on the spot. I don't know. If that's I the can, point. Um, that well, as long as I don't, I, it's not about one. Like I, I can get more than one, right? Sure. Okay. Like, so, well, Style Wars, going back to that, 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 that's a music. Even though it's about graffiti, it's hip hop culture. I'll allow it. Okay, take take Star Wars out. Then I'll. I'll a wild Style, I think, is very much a uh, a movie that just never got old to me.
0: Wild Style to me is like a really great film, mm-hmm. but it's hip hopness is
1: yeah. I guess no. There's music breaks like there's random just music.
0: No, it's a like, music movie. It's on. a music yeah. movie. You're mm-hmm. right. It's a very good music
1: movie. Yeah. Part of me wants to say Juice, but like, I remember early when I was like 11 and wanting to get into scratching and DJing. The trailer to that movie it only emphasized. For the most part, the DJ battle stuff. And yeah. then when you see the movie, it's like, all right, it's not real. It's just, you know, the first 20 minutes and now it's like, you know. But, um, yeah, I'd say style, Star Wars. I'm trying to think of other stuff so I don't... Oh! True Stories. The my. Talking Heads movie. That, that, that's a... Yeah. Which you, I bought. You know that
0: which, that's top five of my... That's one that's of my top awesome. five favorite movies. I got that at the... That two, was, that was the, what I was going to say. Yeah. The two. You $2. motherfucker $2. took
1: my... Took my movie, the two ninety nine DVD bin in uh in Walmart. I just saw it was on the. I didn't know what this movie was. I knew that there was an album, but I was like, "That looks like David Byrne on the." And I turned. Oh, this is like a movie. This is weird. And I bought it. Walmart was twenty four. I I remember I bought the movie like late at night already. It's went home, very, watched it.
0: One of my favorite movies.
1: And I remember the sun coming up as I watched it. So it must have been really late. And it's just so I'll always have that memory of the first time watching True Stories, and you know.
0: I think yeah. we should. Fade out this episode with some music from True Stories. Wild Night,
1: I think, is a good. Uh. I
0: was thinking of the one where they're describing Tom Arnold. Not Tom Arnold, fucking.
1: Oh, John Goodman. John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. so charming. He's one of my favorite people. That movie makes me cry every time. I love that movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite movies. Every time I try to show that movie to people, it annoys them. But it is. Yeah, ridiculous. I've kind of the
1: same experience. But it wasn't um, I just kind of stopped from, I just stopped sharing that movie Just you know Where
0: can people find you Marcus?
1: Uh, at Pinland underscore empire uh, Pinland Empire dot com Or the pink smoke dot com Or just go to WrongReal dot com Where I'm on I'm a guest I, I just found out recently I'm the most frequent guest On that podcast Which I, I guess Is probably true So go there
0: Scott Thurow dot com Scott Thorough Twitter Scott Thorough Instagram Oh and, uh Next episode, we'll finally talk about Freddie Got Fingered.
1: Definitely, but in the meantime, we both endorse uh, Get Out. So Absolutely, right, right seven much. out of
0: five stars.
1: Seven out. Oh, uh, I was thinking seven out of ten. Uh, I give it, and I do by point systems too. So I give it a solid eight out of ten.
0: I give it seven out of five.
1: Okay, well that averages out to uh, perfect because perfect. the two from yours yeah, makes my eight of ten, and it's a ten out of ten and a five out of five. So,
0: you know the jewel, patience and persistence. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good night, guys.
1: Good night,